The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now offering a weekend basketball bonus. Place four $50 basketball bets, and regardless of the outcome, you're going to get a free $50 bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And finally, we're brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, speaking of apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the Mighty MMA Gambling Podcast and the Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 124. We'll dedicate this to Song Yadong, who last night uh, made my prophecy come true. My co-host is a fool. Like I said last episode, Mr. Yadong made that come true. So thank you, Mr. Yadong. I love Yadong. Uh, thank you for coming to the podcast. I would be your host. I'm not sure what nickname I'm going with right now. Um, what should my nickname be? Oh, I, I I believe my nickname. I remember what it was. It's Jeff Kung Fu Panda, I believe. No, not Panda. Hmm. Don't let my co-host talk yet, so he can't bail me out here. I'm going to have to check my records here. I'm Kung Fu Somebody Fox. I think I was named last episode. Um, all the hardcores are pulling their hair out, screaming out there podcasting devices what i am i'm a kung fu monkey that's what i am same song you don't so anyhow this is the part of the podcast where i go with no parachute no no um rope no net nothing i just freestyle and it always goes sharply into the into the uh ditch so let's hurry up and bring in my co-host so he can uh he can save me and uh be my parachute um he had an opposite night last night. He did good on one thing and bad on the thing he usually does good on. So we'll, we'll get into that shortly. But he's the one, the only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. Yeah, I, that was so hard for me not to just reach out and yell that at you. But like Monkey, you were, yeah. Yeah, you were struggling, so I had to let you. And it was also super funny because you were just, you were just talking about Song Yudong. I know, and that's who it is, too. Yep. Forgot his nickname. Um, yeah, I yeah my, my recommended plays, I'm pretty sure, just hinged on – uh, Terrence McKinney. It would have yeah, been a profitable, yeah. It would have been a profitable night if um he had not gotten a little over his skis uh early in that <sighs> first round. So which, upset uh, about that. It, it's like I, I am and I'm not because like on another sense, right? We won uh, a couple weeks ago on him uh, when he was fighting Farzaim as an underdog, right? And yep. I would argue yep. he won that fight because he fights that way. Right, because he came out like a ball of energy, trying to finish it in 30 seconds. Um, and, and Ferris Diem is not ready for that kind of wrestle-heavy grappling. I'm gonna get in your face approach. And now he's going to fight guys like Drew Dover, who are, as I said on the show Wednesday, a massive step up in competition. I think he was always going to see one of these losses. It's probably best that he got it now. Um, but. Uh, yeah, like he won us underdog money before doing exactly what he just did, and 
Uh, didn't work this time. See, there's there's Mr. Sunshine always putting a positive spin on things. Um, on the mic, off the mic, this, he's one of the most miserable millennials you'll ever meet. But, <laughs> uh, on the mic, on the mic, you always have a a, a positive spin, which is nice. So, um, yeah, but th- that we'll get into it obviously when we break down the fight card. But that uh, it just shows how one fight or even a, a few seconds in one fight can can uh, swing your whole night. Because um, that was like a two hundred fifty dollar swing um, for us if we had hit that one. But nonetheless, um, we we soldier on. So. Um, very exciting night of fights, as as um, my co-host emailed me at the start of the night. Uh, but then I realized why you had, I hadn't watched everything by then. But I realized he was mostly excited because he hit six straight fights in a row, with <laughs> including including a couple of underdogs. So I think that's why you were so enthused about the uh, early action. Uh, I, a little bit, but I would also say if you were not enthralled by at least, uh, I, I gotta say the first. Five, but even Javid Basharat beating Trevin Jones is good. Dude, those first six fights were so good. And the one, you know, J.J. Aldrich versus uh, Jillian Robertson was pretty damn boring. But apart from that and the main event, even the ones I got wrong uh, were massively exciting. All right, so that concludes the episode pretty much, right? <laughs> five, five minutes, we're done. I nailed you it. People are yeah. lucky. I'm on vacation. I'm two hours even more farther north than I usually am, um, and I'm still recording this. So if I sound farther away, is that how it works? This technology works I'm farther away now. Than, I don't. From you I don't know what the technology you're using. He was trying to describe <laughs> to me how he had internet today, and I was I I don't understand. It's like a any stick you plug in up here at the cottage. It's yeah, we're yeah. roughing it. We, satellite TV. That's the only thing that's roughing up here. Is is there's no Wi-Fi. Everything else is like, you know. Uh, Heat, air conditioning, uh, multiple satellites, uh, you know, washer, dryer, all that stuff. Uh, a town a couple minutes away. Bellator used to host events 20 minutes away from your at a casino, so we're not exactly roughing it, but still. Bellator I guess used we are. to host it, events up there? Yes, they did. <laughs> what, yeah, it's what? true. There's a massive casino up here. So. What? what? Yeah. Bellator? There were Bellator events in Can't. Why do I not remember yes. any Bellator events? I didn't go to them, but ever, yeah. It was, it was years ago, but yes. Yeah, it's true. I never went hmm. to them, but. True story. True story. But they I don't want to. They host uh, events in the weirdest places. <laughs> it's true. So I am really roughing it when when you think about it that way. Yeah, that, that's in uh, Bellator country. You're in Bellator. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Bellator pretty country. much in Bellator. I'm pretty much it's in true. Bellator country too. Yeah, yeah. I used to. I used to send you to Bellator nonstop. Yeah, in the old back, days. Yeah, back in the the Patty Curran, Patty Curran yes. days, which is name oh, people won't remember. <laughs> All right, enough nonsense. I'm just. I just wanted to point out that you people are lucky. I'm actually recording. I should be sitting on the dock. No, that's not a good idea right now. You couldn't even see across the lake. It's so snowy up here. But anyhow, um, I'm happy to be here to talk about last night, even though I ended up losing. So, all right, we'll actually dig more into the event, even though we hit a lot of the main talking points already. But first, let me tell you about Wimbat. Right now is the perfect time to bet on basketball because today's a big day for basketball, right, Dan? This is the selection day. This used to be a big deal to me, and then I just stopped following college basketball for some reason. But today's the big day, right? As a as a Gonzaga fan, uh, for the last since like the Dan Dickow era, uh, yeah. yeah, I I could not have a different experience than you. Uh, Did they I'm, get number one? They got the number one overall seed. Oh, yes. very nice, very nice. Uh, All right, so I'm going to tell you about Wimbet because this is the perfect time to go to Wimbet and bet on basketball because Wimbet is helping you cash March Madness bonus. All users who bet at least 50 bucks on the men's college basketball champion futures market will receive a $10 free bet for each game that team wins in the tournament. Round of 16 through championship only. 
plus weekend bonus play. All users can receive a $50 free bet when they win, lose, or push, which is, I think that's all the options possible, for $50 plus bets on Saturday or Sunday basketball games. Weekend bonus play can be used toward all the upcoming college basketball action as well as the NBA. Uh, you would have lost if you followed Dan's advice last night on his NBA, though. But anyhow, you were what one for two, I think, with your recommended place. One, one, in, one and two. Yeah, I got one my J. Yes. I got my J. Rue Holiday. J. Uh, Rue, yes. Yeah. J. Rue the damage you got. Yes. And for new Winback Casino customers, they're now offering a hundred percent first deposit match up to a thousand bucks. That's right, hundred percent deposit match up to a thousand bucks. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or, or older and present in the state where play through Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Look who's back, everyone. Manscaped. Woohoo! Spring has sprung. It hasn't up here yet, but it's going to spring soon. Spring is going to sprung. Sprung is going to spring soon. But anyhow, our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring. Time to clear out the winter bush and join the other 4 million men who trust Manscaped. Use code SGP to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Am I, this part says do not read. Should I read this part? <laughs> it says in brackets, do not read. No, that's the part I skip. Oh, I'm supposed to tell a story about Dan hurting himself, grooming him. Uh, we, I've told all those stories. You guys know. Uh, Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing performance package 4.0. Inside this ball care bundle, you'll find I thought I never thought I would say that and get paid for it. Ball care bundle, but I did. You'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is a pube assassin. Another phrase I never thought I'd say. Especially for money, but here we go. That is waterproof and equipped with an LED light, so you bet it's a major key to the new shower routine. This elite trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin, although your balls might look like punchy bags, don't treat them like one, and benefit from the proprietary skin-safe technology. Have you ever met someone who finds nose hair attractive? Hmm. I don't think so. Have you, Dan? Uh, I, I have quite a bit of nose hair, so maybe my really? wife. Yeah. Maybe your wife. Get her on. We have, <laughs> we're going to have to have her on the pod. Uh, the Wee Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is – no, it is not. This is this this ad copy is lies, well, at least not where I, where I live. It's a lie. And this is crucial, so your balls stop sticking to your leg. You'll also find the Crop Reviver spray-on toner for your balls, which will keep you smelling fresh down there just like spring flowers. Complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. It's not bare. I think we I think we discussed this before. It's not bare. Dan would prefer it to smell like bare, but it's not. This stuff is legit and will have you smelling like royalty. If you purchase now, you receive two free gifts, the Performance Box Breeze and Shed Travel Bag. Smell and feel good this spring. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Um, there's a lot of possible names of our episode in that ad read, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll always. Man, Manscaped I, always brings the, the clean ad copy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know uh, if if it's uh, – I didn't actually, I don't see um, the old uh, trademark besides some of those phrases, so maybe I will be able to steal them. But nonetheless, we'll see where this episode goes. Um, all right, hopefully that's – no more talking about balls. Actually, there was a lot of eye pokes last night, but not – not hit below the waist. And last night was UFC fight night, or last afternoon, 
slash night uh, evening was UFC Fight Night Santos versus Ankalaev from the UFC Apex. You may know it as UFC Vegas 50. Um, very exciting card, like we said. Um, things started off very well, um, very exciting, and very well for Mr. Vreeland's picks. But let's, let's go from the top to the bottom, as we usually do. Main event, uh, Megabed Ankalaev defeated Diego Santos. To 49-46, 49-46, 48-47. No real issues with that one. The right man won. Um, Wasn't the craziest of fights. Um, I don't think it really solidified Ankalaev as a top contender. Um, I think it showed the issues that that Santos is going to continue having, um, that all aging fighters have, is that they just can't pull the trigger like like they used to. Um, He he had his flurries, but that's uh, I think those are going to be come even more few and far between so um i'm not impressed with other man i guess is what i'm saying i'm not impressed with your performance to, yeah. to quote gsp yeah i think this actively hurts magomed and goliath's uh title shit or title contender status i i, I think yep. you you can't go into a fight and fight like that and expect uh your chances at a title to be better like he is 1000 percent fighting Alexander Rachich, uh, Jan Blankovic winner next, or somebody Anthony of that Smith. nature. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony Smith is a good one. Like, he has to fight somebody. If he had gone out there and he had flatlined Tiago Santos, yeah, he was yeah. getting the title shot. But here's the thing that was incredibly, incredibly frustrating against Magomed Ankielev, is I said that Tiago Santos has trouble pulling the trigger, right? Like, in, and we talked about it tons in the lead-up, even in his win – over Johnny Walker, that was his issue. Ankalaev dialed up the forward pressure. He he had really great footwork. He was cutting off angles. He backed Santos's back all the way up to the cage for the vast majority of the fight, and then threw 38 straight feints while he waited for Santos to go first. And Santos already being a tentative striker since the John Jones fight, or, you know, you could draw a line to whenever you, you think he stopped being, you know, a, a aggressive, madman. yeah, aggressive madman, right? Because he, he clearly stopped that at some point in time. But you, you take him who's already tentative, you back him up, which is already going to make him more tentative, right? Like, nobody is trying to punch their way out of that situation unless they're a crazy person. So, like, Magomed Ankielev got perfectly what he wanted. He had a great opportunity to be aggressive, to unload on strikes, and to do so in a mostly safe way, right? Because if he, he winds up not liking the exchange, he backs away. He's got tons of room to do so. If he lands, he's got tons of room to just lay it on him and, and make it end the fight. If he wants to shoot a takedown, he's in the right position for that. And he couldn't pull the trigger. Um, and, and that's kind of been my issue with Ankalaev when, when all these people are talking about him being a future champion or, you know, the clear cut, you know, heir to the throne, if whatever you want to call him. I've always had that problem with him is that there are holes in this dude's game and he doesn't have that like instinct that you can like point to where you're like that dude clearly looks like he's going for it and knows the position he's in and knows what he's like. Yeah, he won this fight and he won this fight fairly safely, but there was a couple of rounds. At, I mean, as we saw in the judges' scorecard, Santos clearly won two. Every judge gave him round two, and other judges, you know, some of those rounds are coin flips because you know I saw some tweets that said Ankalaev is running away with the fight here in the third round. 
and he had landed 16 significant strikes at that point. And I'm like, by what measure is he clearly running away with this? He's landing less than two two punches a minute at this point. You know, you, you can't say he's running away with it. So, yeah, like, disappointed. I would also say, like, for everybody who sees his last name or his first name and is like, this dude can wrestle, like, he also didn't show really that his wrestling was all that impressive. So, nope. um, yeah, uh, long story short, selling, if I have any shares on Megamed Ankalaev, uh, I, I actually think, and this is maybe a hot take, I think Alexander Rachel should beat him. Um, that, that's what I'm saying right now. You pretend you had shares in him also as a hot take because you clearly did not have any shares in Ankle <laughs> No, that's, that's, um, that's true. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think I only did to uh, because you, you were so uh, fiercely in the other direction. But, yeah, no, did he you showed – bunch- you also have a bunch of shares in Macy Barber then? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Um, yeah, she's going to be the UFC champ ever, haven't you heard? Um, anyhow, every episode that, that Gal gets mentioned here, so her ears must be burning. Um <laughs> This yeah, isn't with any ankle podcast, is it? <laughs> it could be. It very much is. Every episode may as well be. That and EFC uh, is what we talked about mostly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you could say Ankalav was in more danger than Santos was in that fight at certain certain points. I don't think he. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't remember it, him ever having Santos. In that. Did he knock him down once? I'm trying to think. San, Santos knocked Ankalaev or right, flipped yeah, Ankalaev. Yeah, yeah. And I would say this, too, like, if you're looking at it from that perspective, too, like, I, the first round, people could have scored it for Santos. Like, I don't think it's crazy to score that first round for Santos either. I personally didn't, but for the same reasons, like, I I think I saw the total strikes number was like 9 to 11, and it was slightly in Santos' favor, and I think Santos... Was throwing just as hard as Ankalaev was, if not harder. So, like, you know, the backward pressure certainly didn't make it look good, and they're not supposed to score the fight on that those sets. But they also don't have stats, and they don't, you know, they're not tallying things as they go. But like, I don't think it would be crazy to give him the first. And if that was true, he clearly would have been up two rounds to none in that fight, which is insane for for Ankalaev to be fighting like that. Yeah, the, the killer instinct, as he said, is not there. And it hasn't been there since he stepped up past the Ian Kudalaba level of competition. He hasn't had finishes. Um, he, he's, it's impressive who he's beaten. Nikita, uh, Nikita Krylov, Volkan Ozdemir, Diego Santos. Probably uh, the last two are probably past their uh, expiry date. But um, nonetheless, um, no finishing. Um, not even like uh, a hint of finishing uh, ability, uh, at least. In, in this last fight, I, I don't remember anything past last night, of course, because that's the way my brain works. But anyhow, um, it is light heavyweight, so who knows? He, and he's only 29, so he, he may still have a future here. Um, and when is the title fight, the uh, Glover, or Glover's first fight? Pushed, if I'm not, it got yeah, pushed, if I'm not mistaken. But um, it, it's like later in the summer now. I want to say June or Ju- it's June. Um, yeah, okay. He's, 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 he's got fighting fight in June. Then. So yeah, he's gonna have to fight again. Yep. He, he was already kind of on the cusp of needing to fight again, right? Like yep. he he was very much like kind of in that no man's land as far as um when when he was being booked and stuff like that. Yeah. But like when you're in that no man's land, what you got to do is you got to go put on a performance, right? Like you yeah, got exactly. you got to go take a dude out, and he didn't do that. So nope. yeah, I I mean like it, it seems like he's gonna have to fight. Although I think I don't know if they've rebooked uh, Blankovic Rajic yet, but I, you know the winner of that, Anthony Smith, 
something of that extent, he's going to need to beat somebody like that, and he's going to need yep. to do it a lot more impressive than he just did. Yes, exactly. But we hit minus 550, so $100 bet made us 1818. Hooray. Um, co-main event, I – Famously told, called Dan a fool for this pick. Hopefully he's on on my fade Marlon Moraes train now. But Song Yudong, who's not even a knockout artist, knocked out Marlon Moraes uh, two minutes and six seconds into the first round. As I predicted, Marlon Moraes um, is shot. He's been knocked out or TKO'd in five of his last six fights now. Are you finally ready to jump off that train, Dan, and stop wasting your plus 200 bets on Marlon Moraes? So I'm going to say two things. First of all, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> <he's>, Very good. <laughs> and actually, like, I also think Marlon Marias is off that train, too, because if you were watching that fight, um, when they went to do the post-fight interview with Song Yudong, Marias had his gloves off in, in his hand, um, and he had even rewrapped the tape around the, the cuffs, which ah, is typically typ- yeah, only a move you do when you're tired, and it didn't look like the announcers noticed um, and then he just kind of skirted out the back of this cage. So I think if the announcers had noticed, I bet you they would have went over and asked him, and I bet you he would have laid him down. So I think Marlon Marias is out too. Um, you know, four straight knockouts. His his chin clearly just doesn't hold up anymore. Um, I, I, I thought it might. But here's the other thing I will say too, in defense of my analysis on Wednesday, always, always yeah. going to defend my analysis, he didn't even try to wrestle him. He, why would he well, that's not why to, I told you that was silly for you to think that to begin but, with, Dan. But it's not silly for me to think that he could or or should. And I'm not even positive it's it's crazy for me to think to to argue that he he wouldn't. He has in, in multiple of his last fights, right? Like he did with Rob Font, he did with Corey Sanhagen. He didn't as much with Jose Aldo, but he did a little bit with Jose Aldo. You know, like he has sort of gone back to his wrestling ways a little bit. I mean, not against Marab Devashvili, but like who would against Marab Devashvili? Um, but he didn't even try against Song Yudong, which, uh, you know, like when I, I saw him get into some positions where I'm like, he could have shot a double there. Or he could have pressed him against the cage there. And then he didn't. I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be it. He's just not going to win this fight. Jeff's going to dance all over my grave. So, uh, anyhow. That's okay. I got some picks later we can talk oh, about. <laughs> oh, you sure do. You sure do. So, I, I hit Yudong minus 260. I don't I don't know if it's showed us anything about Yudong. He's, he's a good young prospect. Um, but notching it, it showed, Marais out. It showed me he does have more punching power than I give him credit for. Like, I, not, that, mm, I not that knocking out Marlon <laughs> Marias is, like, more impressive than knocking out Julio Arce. But, like... The combination he hit him with was pretty slick. Um, and, and while Marlon Marias' brain is pretty shot, like, that uppercut, I think, would have put a lot of people out. Um, the uppercut, good. Yeah, at the, the end of that. I, did, did you – so I don't know, especially because you're, you're on vacation, I don't know how much of the post-fight interviews you watched. Did you watch his? Zero. Zero. Oh, okay. I, I know he, he says something in English at the end, uh, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you want to guess who he called out? Um. <laughs> Uh, Bantamweight, uh, Conor McGregor. No, I no, don't know who. No, who does who does every young team alpha male oh, Sean, product Sean call o, out? Sean O'Malley. No, close Sean though. O'Malley? No, every oh, young really? alpha male, every young Dominic alpha male product has been taught to call out Dominic. Dominic Cruz. Cruz. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, does Dominic dude, Cruz like you, Dong? I I think Dominic we'll, we'll Cruz is done with the alpha male thing. He yeah, owns he, he owns that them with the exception of Cody Garbrand, who's seemingly like. 
not part of Team Alpha Male anymore, although I guess the TJ Dillashaw thing, he's away from Team Alpha Male now. It always just seems like Uriah Faber just, like, needs one more chance to beat him, and he's going to live vicariously through whatever young gun is, is punching their way through the bandwidth edition. Yes, very, very true. But anyhow, good a good win for me. I, I could take all the wins I uh, could get last night. Um, we hit the next one. Actually, I had a, um, a fan on Twitter who – had the Yadong Youssef um, parlay that he asked me my advice on beforehand. Lucky I gave him the thumbs up, and it came through for him. So um, I had a lot of people sending me their winnings on Twitter last night. There was it was a good night for lots of people. Um, all right, Sadiq Youssef, featherweights, uh, beat a very game Alex Caceres. Um, both both guys looked very good in this fight. Thirty-three and seven, thirty-three seven, twenty-nine twenty-eight. So it looks like it was a whitewash for Youssef, but it was it was a closer fight than. Than that, I would say, and a very good bounce back win for Yusuf. We got him at minus two fifty. Yeah, I. Uh, it was weird to me again. Uh, he he seemed a little tentative in in yeah, that fight, which um, ultimately cost him because that's not Alex Caceres. I was also really impressed with Alex Caceres' attempts at taking Yusuf's back. Um, yep. Like he was all in on trying to, to score that, um, and he didn't. But uh, yeah, great, great fight by Caceres. I don't think this hurts his stock at all, although, you know, his his win streak goes down. It was actually probably a more impressive performance than any of his wins over, you know, the, the type of people he's beaten. Who's yeah. he beaten? Like Kevin Kroom and um, other, like, short-notice hooligans. And, oh, you know, like he beat Austin. Oh, there's a title. There's Austin. a title. Dan just stumbled short, onto our Short-notice hooligans? Yes. That's fantastic. Well, and that... That, that's a nice, oh no, no, damn it. It would have been nice if that segued right into the Drew Dober, Terrence McKinney fight. I, I, I thought you were going to say Patty Houlihan was back in the UFC, but no. Oh, I Wasn't loved. he the hooligan? I loved Patty the hooligan. Yeah. He, he headlined Patty. a UFC event. Did you know that? He did. Yeah. He did. Do, I do you know that. Do you remember the opponent? Um, yes, he's not in the UFC either anymore, is he? Um, that Brazilian kid. No. Uh, no. No? Okay, I'm thinking of. He, I'm just, thinking got, of he just got cut. I think think but he might still be in the ufc too oh was it um the hawaiian fellow yes yes um you're yes. almost there who, who had a drinking problem and then he yes. beat it and then he came back to the ufc and his yes. name he's still i think i don't think he's been cut um and he's i'm picturing him right now and he's kind of tall and lanky his, for the nickname division. Is, his nickname is the last samurai Right. Yes, I know all this, but I can't think of his name, Dan, because I didn't prepare for this. Um, Louis, Louis Smolka. Yes, Louis Smolka. Yes. Boy, who, beat, are, who beat Patty Houlihan in the, the main event of that, people are that fight card? Hitting the skip button now, aren't they? <laughs> hitting that skip button. They're talking about a, a under like a horrible uh, UFC uh, event. That was in Ireland, right? Yeah, it was in Ireland. The Houlihan yeah. was yes. And I think the main event. Of, I think the main event of that dropped out too. Like it was supposed to be. Yeah, I think it's so. uh, Dustin Poirier, Joe Duffy, or or Stipe versus somebody, or like something like that back in the day, and it, all of them fell out, and they were left with uh, hometown boy Patty Houlihan, who didn't even win. He's like a government official in Ireland now. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, he's an elected official. Yes, all this because Dan said hooligans. That, that's what happens in this podcast. <laughs> One word sets sets us off down a path um, to nowhere. So, all right. But we kind of want to ignore the next three fights anyhow, so maybe that's why um, you're taking us uh, into the ditch again. Um, we missed on the next three. Um, one of them hurt us real bad, but we already talked about that one. But um, Actually, no, I'm, I'm jumping way ahead. But we didn't 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we I'm getting my Robert Robertson. We missed on Robertson and Robertson. I'm getting Robertson and Robertson mixed up. But yes, we missed on uh, screw. I know he gave some motivational speech after because I saw him crying. That's the only reason I know. And I heard him say 300 pounds and I saw him crying and he zoomed in on his face. But screw Khalil Roundtree. He, he can't be trusted. You never know what you're going to get with that guy. He always is, has a different fighting style. And sometimes he's good and sometimes he's bad. And last night we picked against him and he was good and he won via body kick and punches to Carl Robertson. 25 seconds into the second round. But yeah, screw that guy. I know he's I know he's a good guy. So don't really. I'm not really saying that, but yeah, you can't trust him. Yeah, he uh, he looks like, and I said it in the breakdown on Wednesday. He's he could come out and be the guy who beat the piss out of Eric Anders. Yeah, and he was yeah, exactly. he wasn't that guy. He was better than that guy, which is insane. yeah, he's different again. He's always yeah. different. Yeah, he's, now he's uh, gonna go on a slump. Now he's gonna lose three straight and look like crap because we're gonna pick him. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, if he looked like he did against Carl Roberson, which, by the way, Carl Roberson looks like he should have been at 205 pounds his whole life. Yeah. That that dude yeah, he finally, good. he finally looked healthy, which is nice. Yep. Um, Obviously, the until he got, until he got yeah. punched real bad and crumpled yeah. up and <laughs> gave up, basically, because his body was done. Yeah, but, but Roundtree looked amazing. Um, he did. Like, I, I, that's. That's the Khalil Roundtree that I would watch on every fucking guard. Um, Because he's so good. And, you know, now that is two in a row, he didn't look outstanding in the Mudastis Bukaskis fight. Although although he got that knockout. You're starting to let him sway you, Dan. I can can feel it. Don't do it. Don't get get tricked, Dan. I think I like him. (laughs) No. Don't do it. He's he's uh, tricking you with his crocodile tears. No, um, no. When you when you look through his record, it is it is insane to talk about the people he beat and the, the people, people he and the people lost. He lost. To. Yeah, <laughs> yep. like knocked out Gokan Saki, uh, yep. who is a notable kickboxer. Knocked out Paul Craig. Uh, you know, knocked out Carl Roberson. Beat the piss out of Eric Anders, and you're like, wow. What a yeah. fantastic fighter. Lost a decision to Marcin Procneo. <laughs> yep. Got rear naked choked by Tyson Pedro. Decisioned by Andrew Sanchez. Like, what? Which was, I think that the Pedro is... one's the worst one there, right? Getting what? choked out by Tyson Pedro. Uh, That's got to be mean, the worst one there. I mean, Tyson Pedro is another one who, like, I wish I could tell you who Tyson Pedro is. Yeah. He beat Paul Craig, too. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and how, like, I know Roundtree's. Apparently his his legal age is thirty two, but he's not thirty two. Look at that guy. <laughs> that mustache is at least yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna hate on one of the nicest people in the UFC because uh, we lost this this pick. Uh, we lost the next one too. Th- this one was the real heartbreaker because, like I said, this would have put me out of the red and into the black. Um, because this was like a $250 swing based on $100 bets. Um, Terrence McKinney came out like Terrence McKinney always comes out. Um. I'm not complaining, but I, the fight could have, I think it could have legitimately been stopped. Um, but um, I, I have no complaint that, that it wasn't stopped. But I, I think he had Dober heard enough that that uh, some refs would have stopped the fight, and it wouldn't have been a huge, uh, huge um, uproar. But anyhow, um, and I don't think it really was the case of McKinney gassing out either. It's just Drew Dober is too tough, and he put it on him. So it only lost 317 because it was a Terrence McKinney fight, but he lost via TKO knees and punches. But he very easily could have won via TKO knees and punches as well uh, any any of the minutes leading up to that. 
Yeah, I'm going to dispute you just slightly on that one. I do think it was an exhaustion play. You think I, so? I, I a thousand. As a matter of fact, I tweeted it. Uh, if, you, if you go back and look oh at my, my God, then that's that's legit. Then I I immediately <laughs> was like, like when you saw him get up for the last time before he eats that Dober knee, he throws two right hands and they are two of the slowest right hands I've ever seen Terrence McKinney throw. And I'm just going to say this. It looked like when he was on the ground, he was not willing to move. Um, and I, I don't think yeah, it was sure. necessarily that he couldn't or – I think he got broken. Um, yeah. and, and I think he was tired and broken all at the same time. I will say this. I think he blew his chance at this fight uh, both by being crazy, wildly overaggressive, but also like – after having Dober hurt, he needed to settle into position, and instead he just unloaded. And, like, Dober is game, so Dober has good defense and gets up. Whereas if he had found a way to, like, you know, look for the back and sink his hooks in as Dober got up or, you know, tried to coat a mount and, and great by the legs or something like that, like, if he had done something like that, I think the finishing strikes would have happened. But instead he just tried to throw wildly from wherever it was. Um, so yeah, I, I will, like I said, I'll debate you a little bit on that. I don't think it was exhaustion, but I'll also say this, like, yeah, like hopefully this is the, the prospect loss. This dude needs to figure it out. Yeah. No, I, I don't think this has uh, hurt his stock, uh, in the least. Uh, he would have finished most pretty much a, any other fighter that didn't have a, uh, a, as cool of a part shaved into their head as Drew Dober has, I think. Basically, or right? a or a chin that looks like me. <laughs> I, I it, you think it's more the chin than the than that, the cool part he has shaved inside always. That, that dude looks like the Incredibles cousin. <laughs> He's, yeah, he. Uh, um, this pretty much. Uh, I I'll still take plus one fifty on on um, McKinney any day of the week uh, against any opponent, and the fight pretty much went the way we we could have pictured it going. Um, Duke Dobers, very very hard to finish, and McKinney very closely. Um, had him finished. So anyhow, if you, I'll, if I'll you take, ran it yeah. back, I'd take McKinney at plus plus one fifty today. Yeah, like if they were going to exactly. do a rematch in two weeks, I'd take McKinney at plus plus one fifty. How about the next fight? Middleweights. Would you take Bruno Silva at plus one fifty against Alex Pereira? He lost 30, 27, 37, 30, 27, closer than once again, closer than, than, uh, the skunking that the judges, um, judges scorecards uh, said, but it, I think it was, uh, um, the reach, Pereira's reach was, was just too much. Civil was very game, um, but Pereira's reach and, and his power um, won the day. Plus, his, his takedown defense wasn't too horrible. I know he was getting taken down by a fellow kickboxer, but um, he got himself back up and stuffed some takedowns. So, um, decent win for him. Yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't take plus 150 on Silva no. after seeing that there. Like, I, I expected him to, to wrestle a little bit more than he did, which is a little bit disappointing. But he did hit him in, in – it, it, I wouldn't say it rocked Pereira, but Pereira opened, like his eyes opened a little bit wide after one of those, a couple of those strikes. And you were like, oh, okay, clearly he's got something here. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure I'd take plus 150 again, but I don't, I'm not like bummed that I had that pick ultimately. No. Yeah. He seemed to like pause Pereira a few times in that fight. Pereira seems to like, seems to like stop anytime Silva like got him good. Um, so yeah, almost maybe he's like a cyborg or something, Dan, you never know. <laughs> Did you know that he beat um, Israel Adesanya before? Oh then? God! Did we play that line <laughs> a little bit? Also, Israel Adesanya like, would tear him apart in MMA at this point. Is uh, is all I have to say. But go ahead. I, I think you're right on that, and I would also say this too: like that right, that division right now is a good division for him to be in. 
because yeah. there are so few really good grapplers. But, like, I think there are guys in this division, guys maybe not even in the top 15, that would beat him by wrestling him. Yeah. You know, like, yep. uh, and, and, like, th- that's not – it's not to take anything away from him because his kickboxing is nice. Like, he is very fast with those hands. Uh, but there's shit about his game that I think is is going to be exploited at some point in time. Um, but I guess we'll see. We shall see. So that concluded the main card. I went three and three, yuck. But Dan went two and four. Yikes. But don't worry. The prelims are coming. This is where Dan shines. He shines so much that he had the crazy idea to have a, his very own podcast just on prelims. And it's called Prelim Primer. Picker. Got it. Primer. You got primer, it. Primer. Primer. <laughs> he used to have a column called Prelim Picker also. You're all about the prelims. Always you put your name on the prelims. Yeah. All right, so let's before we we dip into these prelims quickly. Let me tell you about Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends and play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com. See how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win at StableDuel. If you download the apps, you got to download the SGPN app. We're now live in the App Store or Google Play. It gives easy access to all our picks, all our podcasts. We just launched a couple new feeds for fantasy hockey podcast, fantasy basketball podcast. So the rocket is blasting off in SGPN land. So grab our app, get all that good stuff. Give us an app review if you could as well. All right, let's move on to prelims. The main event of the prelims was Matthew Semmelsberger beating AJ Fletcher, 29, 28, 29, 28, 29, 28. We got this one. We got in at minus 240 on this one. Um, very Close fight. Fletcher was very game, very good wrestling. Um, Stemmelsberger, I just wanted to race in the cage and cut his bangs for him so he could see what he was doing because he was a shaggy dog in there. But anyhow, he, he ended up coming through. Semi, the shaggy dog, came through. And I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit in this one. Everybody was talking about AJ Fletcher, like out wrestling the hell out of Stemmelsberger in this fight. Anybody who had Fletcher as a dog. And I said straight up, people are sleeping on how good of a wrestle Stemmelsberg is. Um, if you've seen him on the regional circuit, he wrestled quite a bit there. His knockouts are not indicative of the style of fighter he is. He also wrestled in high school, too, which I, I feel like not enough people know. So, um, And ultimately, won in the fight with the third round. Um, Semmelsberger's wrestling, not his striking. Um, so, yeah, I was happy to see him both win for us and also a uh, really great, gritty victory for a guy who's like a very gritty fighter. Yes, cut your hair, please, before next fight. It was, he, had, he used to have a more gnarly looking moment. It was yeah, kind of just exactly. like a shaggy mop this time. Yeah, um, but exactly. I, I, he should go back to the moment. Because it was obviously bogging him too. Um, yeah. <laughs> so come on. Come on, man. Well, it was tied up in round one, was it not? I, I know this is the analysis <sighs> that everybody wants to do. <laughs> I, I, noticed I, it in round, it, I noticed it getting his eyes in round one. So if it was tied up, it must have come, come right out. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't be. have hair like that. So I don't know the, the uh, dynamics or the mechanics behind it. So. And neither does Dan. I used to. 
Oh, that's yeah, like, right. I've seen yeah. the pictures. I've yeah, back pictures in of you back in like my baseball, baseball playing days. Yeah, you, I used to look like I used to look like Forrest Gump uh, when he goes for his run. There you go. A uh, movie I've not seen fully. Only part. what? Yeah, there's a lot of movies like that I haven't seen. Hang on a second. I only saw parts of it. I haven't seen the whole movie. How have you only seen parts? No, it's Forrest been Gump? on where I. It's been on places where I've been, I guess, but I've never seen the whole movie. There's I no think I know the reason. whole movie, but there's no good reason for that. It's a great, I, it's it's It is cinematic history, of course. Um, the next fight was not cinematic history at all. No, it was it's terrible. <laughs> Gigi Allridge, Julian Robertson. It was uh, Julian Robertson would have been a good fighter like about 20 years ago or so. Um, since all apparently all she can do is grapple, and grappling did not work last night, and we lost this fight, and she lost the fight three rounds to none. Um, was Dean Thomas this one dimensional when he fought her coach? I, I don't, I don't remember him being this uh, this one dimensional. She was very one dimensional. I don't remember either. But the other problem is, is it, it's not even just like that she can't box and she can only grapple. It's that the entries to her grappling via her Ugh. striking are also not good. Ugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, it, it's like it's not even like. So Mackenzie Dern, if we go back to like when she first made it to the UFC, and she's she's evolved immensely since her UFC debut. So I, I'm not not shortchanging Mackenzie Dern here or comparing her to Jillian Robertson. But if you looked at early Mackenzie Dern, her striking was bad. It was it was not good in any way. But it did have a means to getting her to her grappling. Like she knew how to like spam shots so that she could get close enough so that she could get the takedown. There were times where Jillian Robertson accidentally got into range and then was out of position for the takedown. Um, she just just doesn't have the tools to get to the takedown, which is it's probably the most frustrating thing because on the mat she might be, apart from Aaron Blanchfield, the best 125er on the planet once she gets you to the mat. Um, the problem is she just can't get her there. So yeah, I'm. I'm curious if we've seen her ceiling because she is really young still, right? Like she's not yeah. she's not an old fighter by any means. She's only 26, about to turn 27. So like, there is clearly room for growth on her steel, but I just man, I, like you would have think we'd seen. Like I said, not like I don't expect her to have like a great jab or like you know low leg kicks that are suddenly working for her, an overhand route, like. I don't mean that I expect her to have good striking at any point in her career, but striking that serves a purpose and she doesn't even have that. So the fact that she does it by now with that many fights under her belt seems like a red flag. Yeah. I think the, the experience is more of a factor than, than the age at this point. Um, she's been in the USC for a long time as well. And if you haven't seen progress by this point, then, um, you may, uh, you may be out of luck. So, um, yeah, so we, over, I don't know, we whipped in this one. All Aldridge's the takedown defense was far too good. Um, what is, at what age will Aldridge not get ID'd when she tries to buy beer or something, Dan? Because yeah, 29, 29 is, not the correct, is not the correct answer, apparently. She looks like she's 16, right? Like, <laughs> it's wild, yeah. But she's wild. mean for it. Mean for, also, I, I feel like we're not talking about this enough. That's three in a row for her. All um, right, let's yeah, talk about she, it. She's she's on like a pretty damn good streak now. She got had a split decision loss before that, but she's not really all that far from having four straight victories or five straight victories in the UFC. Um, so like maybe not the most exciting one to watch, but like she is slowly kind of threatening it. It um 
flyweight, which is is pretty interesting at this point. Yep, three straight, four or five. And UFC, she is one, two, three, four, seven and two. So that's not too shabby. Not a whole lot of killers on her on her hit list, but nonetheless, um, this probably was the maybe Courtney Casey win was bigger than this one, but um, yeah. And she's still fairly young, and maybe she's even younger than than she. She's the opposite. Uh, she's the bizarre world Khalil Roundtree Jr. Well, what about Song Your Dog? Doesn't he lie about his age too? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. He, he <laughs> how dare you? Look, he doesn't look like he's still. What is he, he's like nineteen or something like that. Yeah. How, how dare you? You're as mad that you lost in that one. All right, we didn't lose in the next one. Javid Basharat versus Trevin Jones. I wasn't sure if we were going to win though. Trevin Jones was was very game. Uh, Thirty-three to seven. Thirty-three to seven. Twenty-nine. Twenty-eight. Trevor Jones had that top turtle stank on him and, and ended up losing the fight. But it wasn't a, it definitely wasn't in the bag until I heard all the uh, judges' cards read out. Um, Jones was very game, but Basharat. I would like to see a bit more uh, killer instinct finishing um, or trying to finish for Basharat, but maybe it was just based on the opponent he was fighting. But anyhow, we hit this one minus 150. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he went in there and did enough, really, for what I was expecting him to do. Um, like, it's hard to say that he, like, didn't, you know, bust his ass enough to get a finisher to do something. Because, like, in one sense, yeah, I, I can see that. Like, I can see you complaining that he, he didn't go for broke. But, like, he's also a dude making his debut against a three-fight UFC veteran and, like, I don't know. He he did a really good job of, of pouring strikes on. I would have liked to seen him grapple a little more because I actually think he had a bigger grappling advantage there. But, um, yeah, like I, I'm not hating on what he did at that point. That, that's become um, the joke of this podcast. You always want people to grapple more, it seems. Always, always, literally, <laughs> literally always. It's true. All right, so we hit that one. Um, let's, let me tell you about ProStop before we, we wrap up this here. Card. We're brought to you by ProSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is around the corner. It's actually right here knocking on the door. Uh, and ProSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. Um, Dan and I want to sell. Who do we want to sell? Uh, Megamed and Kaliyev. So if, if, if we can sell him on PropSwap, maybe we, maybe we will uh, be on to something. All right. Uh, you can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself, like Gil from New Jersey, who purchased a Murray State championship ticket on PropSwap at 225 to 1 odds. Well, sportsbooks are only offering 150 to 1 odds. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high and cash out on PropSwap when the tourney starts. When you're making your bets, remember to go 4-2, make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for profit and keep one to let it ride. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country. So you always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free ProSwap app today. ProSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and ProSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on ProSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, let's wrap this here thing up. Um, Damon Jackson. I, I am on the Damon Jackson train, and I'm glad that we both picked him. Uh, at we had good value on him. Minus it was basically a pick him minus one twelve. He looked fantastic again. Uh, arm triangle choke. Camuela Kirk, and he has similar hair to me, so I, I got to root for Damon Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of people who don't quite look their age, like he yeah. looks like he's more than a year older than me, like maybe yeah. more than one year, but he is exactly pr- pr- almost to the day one year older than me. Cause I looked it up and I was like that hairline, not doing that yeah. man any favors, yeah. but Hey, yeah. his grappling is insane. It's so good. 
yeah, this late career resurgence of his is, is very good to see. So, well, well, um, to be fair too, just to, uh, not the mm-hmm. to drag on a David Jack, but like we say late career resurgence. This is a dude whose first run in the UFC, I think, was a little bit hated on in yeah. in kind of a shitty way because first of all, he lost to Yancey Medeiros on short notice in, in his first fight. Um, he fought a dude who tested positive for steroids in his second fight, and then he had a a weird. Um, a, a weird draw in his third fight due to subtracted points, and then they released him, um, which is it's kind of crazy. No, his hair fell out. Yeah, well, I think his hair – he was actually kind of bald then already. Um, <laughs> but he was a guy going into that who was undefeated. He was undefeated. He went one in one draw, 0-1-1 in a no contest, and they released him, um, which is weird. And he's got wins over legit dudes. Like, he had beaten Leonard Garcia already, so – yeah, like, this, this is a late career resurgence, but I also think we just, like, didn't get to see a real good look at him the first time. We are now, and he's he's doing quite well for himself. Um, someone who's not losing their hair, how's that for a segue? Miranda Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> Submitted Sabina Mazza, we're in a choke, 2.15 into the second round. We got, hit this one right. It came right down to the grappling. Maverick's too strong physically and skill-wise in the grappling department for Mazza to handle. Yeah, and all I could think of during this fight was just how good fucking Aaron Blanchfield is at grappling. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> because my god, yeah, for for Maverick to do that to Mazo, who like survived with Alexis Davis for quite a while, right? Mazo hung in there with Alexis Davis and her grappling for a while. She did not hang in there with Miranda Maverick. Miranda Maverick just put it on her. So, yep. um, yeah, again, I'm still very high on Miranda Maverick despite the back-to-back losses if you even call them that. Um, and, uh, I look forward to seeing her in there soon. It all comes back to Macy Barber once again. Um, I didn't say it, the name this time. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fight, Dan made me pick Dolce Lugiambula and almost came through for me. Um, and then, you know, he got himself a uh, guillotine choke by Cody Brunage. I'm pretty sure I said verbatim that <laughs> Dolce Lugiambula was going to absolutely dump out his gas tank and have a tough time <laughs> with a grappler. And he emptied out his gas tank and had a tough time with the grappler. Now, and we did, 341 for that to happen. Yeah, and I did think Cody Brundage would get, like, to the offensive side of the grappling a little bit quicker. Like, I thought he would shoot a double, or but, like, he didn't even have time. He was getting smothered. But, yeah. like, also, just how bad is the fight IQ of Dolger looking on Bula, who is <laughs> unloading on Here's Cody Brundage. Unloading on Cody Brundage, and he shot a, a head on the outside He's double head. <laughs> Just the yep. dumbest shit you've ever seen, and I loved every second of it. It even next made fight, my mm. it even made my DraftKings lineup win because I had Cody Brundage. Nice. <laughs> my next next fight was dumb. Also, Guido Canetti, the old, the oldest fighter in bantamweight, TKO'd Chris Montino. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got this one wrong too. Dan hit plus money on this one. Back to back plus money. Yeah, I I have no faith in Chris Moutinho. I, I think I said it on the show. Is there anything too. to say? But you have any faith in, in uh, Kennedy after that, though, either? That's, like, I do. Like, I, I, I said before, like, and I think you said that, you know, why trust a 42-year-old guy on a three-fight losing streak? And I said he didn't look bad in that Mana Martinez fight. In boxing, Mana Martinez is a dangerous prospect. That dude tagged Ronnie Lawrence. So, for... For Kennedy to have gone three hard rounds with him and even stole it on one judge's scorecard, which I think was a bad scorecard, but, like, to have done that, I think Kennedy's better than people give him credit for. There you go. Fine. Whatever. You you, you won the pick, so I can't argue against it. And then um, 
main event, not main event, <laughs> the the curtain jerker, Azamat Mirzakhanov, who also has similar hair to me, uh, flying <laughs> me, KO'd Tafon and Chukwi, uh, 44 seconds into the third round. Um, yeah, pretty pretty good fight. Glad we had Mirzakhanov. Um, interesting to see where he where he goes in this division since that, that was his debut. Yeah, he, he had a little bit of trouble in there um, in the early parts. I, I didn't look up the scorecards. I'm kind of trying to do it on the fly right now um, during that fight card. But um, a lot of people had him losing, which I'm checking right now. He was tied going into the third round on two judges' scorecards. And our old friend Adelaide Bird had him down, oh too. Yeah, so good maybe it's, maybe it's good that he did get the finish. Uh, <laughs> yes. Didn't matter yes. what he did in that last round. Adelaide Bird was not giving him the fight. Um, so it's a good thing he knocked him out. It was a crazy knockout, too. Uh, yep. That was that was a hell of a way to kick off a card. Sure was. And Dan had a hell of a prelim. This, Like I said, this man's whole reputation was built on prelims. Seven and one last night in the prelims. I went one, two, three, four, five, and three. So I did all right, but Dan did spectacular, and that made the night for Dan. He went nine and five overall. You made sixty-one bucks overall, Dan. You never Ooh, make money. You never roll, make money overall. Rolling in it. <laughs> and I went eight and six in the last two hundred twenty-one bucks. So I'm like, like I said, Terrence McKinney. It all hinged on that. And this dropped my hit percentage. I'm down to sixty-six percent uh, overall this year. Dan's up to fifty-nine percent. I'm still up about one hundred thirteen bucks. Dan's down seven hundred eighty bucks. But betting hundred bucks in every fight is not the way to go unless you're as good as I am at picking fights. Obviously. Recommended plays. We took this on the chin also. Dan hit Dan hit 40 bucks on Basharat winning. He hit that one, but then he lost on Robertson. He lost to McKinney via sub, and he lost on a parlay of McKinney, Canetti, and Youssef. So it all hinged on McKinney. So Dan went one and three, lost 33 bucks there. I lost on McKinney. I lost on Robertson via sub. I hit on Semmelsberger winning. I hit on Maverick winning, but that was not enough to get me out of the red. Um, I was 31. I was down 31 bucks. I went two and two. So overall recommended plays dance at 62%. I'm at 58%. Dan is still racking in a return on investment of 23%. So you can't complain over that. So anyhow, good night of fights and we have uh, more coming up. Hopefully. Um, have we heard about the main event yet? I just, I heard that Volkov um, visa is still, uh, Alexander Volkov is supposed to headline the UFC's return to uh, London, the O2 Arena next weekend. He's fighting Tom Aspinall. He's scheduled to fight Tom Aspinall in the main event. But uh, Supreme Leader Putin has thrown a spanner in the works, as they would say in London, um, and Volkov may not get visaed. I I think that's still up in the air as far as I just read a minute ago. Yeah, I and there are a lot of Russian fighters on this, and we don't have to get into the politics any of this, as people clearly don't like that we do. Um, but, like, <laughs> But the other thing, too, to say about Tom Aspinall is, like, he was originally supposed to fight uh, Sergei Pavlovich, I believe. Yep. Um, and, and if Volkov's not available, I'm going to safely assume Pavlovich is also not. And then you're like, oh, well, he could just fight Pavlovich's opponent, who is Shamil Abdurakhimov, yep. which, again, if Volkov and Pavlovich are not available, I sort of assume Abdurakhimov is not available. I mean, I guess unless one of these guys – and I'm unaware is training, you know, like, I don't know, sometimes like American top team has like some foreign guys training with them. Um, so like, unless one of those guys kind of fits that, but yeah, it, it, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't hold out hope that they're going to either. Like it, it seems like there's no chance. Yeah. This is um, very, obviously the 
couldn't have uh, foreseen this in advance. Or maybe they could have if they were insiders. But this card is very much set up as Russia versus Europe, which isn't, like I said, it <laughs> doesn't look very good in hindsight. But, um, well, no, because yeah, so. cause the, there's only those those three and one other Russian guy fighting on the card. I mean, unless you count Mohammed Mokhaev, who's born in Russia, but like immediately got out and is now has British citizenship and is very proud of his British, British citizenship. So like, there's only four Russian dudes on the card and, and two of them are fighting each other. So it's not quite that, that set up yet. Um, we've got, no, there's more. We got Volkov. We got Krylov. We got Abdurakhimov. Kry, Krylov is, Krylov is Ukrainian. Russian. Oh yeah, that's um, right. So he like, has Russian heritage, though. That makes it even, yeah. That's even I think he lived in Russia for a little while, but he yeah. is born and fights out of Ukraine. So I would say maybe maybe be careful on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think we better end the podcast right now. But anyhow, this is a good-looking card on paper. I hope it hope it comes through for our selfish sakes. So no matter what the UFC serves up on Saturday, we will we will have the picks for you all come Wednesday. I'm bailing on this podcast. I've given you enough on my, on my vacation. Anyhow, I wasn't going to say anything to get me in trouble, but still, uh, I have food to pick up. So thank you for coming to the podcast, as a, as a famous man likes to start his podcast by saying, uh, thank you for coming. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox, writer. He's going to be reeling. Give him the SGPN Slack. It's lots of fun. People were making lots of money last night because they're the gens, and they just throw money after money after money until they, they hit something, I think, is, is the, uh, the way it goes in there. So follow us there. Read all our stuff in Sports Gambling Podcast. You can uh, subscribe to my newsletter website thingamajig moneymma.substack.com to get all the payouts from last night and other goodies um i think that's it i'm gonna let dan take take you home this time go dan go all right uh i'm david gonna be freeland he is jeff the baddie fox and we will catch you next week oh we're or no catch you on wednesday (laughs) and the baddie is a we're foreshadowing for wednesday you just wait